Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Uh, if you don't know, we are on our sermon series called Hark. And um, this it's a three-week series. We sort of missed the last week due to uh, we had volunteers celebration last week. And so uh, we're kicking it off and finishing uh, this sermon series today. So if you're here uh, for the first time, we do have... Um, you know, our other two weeks on on our podcast that you can jump on and have a listen to just to keep up to date. You know, this whole um, um, year, right, I think we've been talking about it today, and, and we're coming to a close. 2018, how about that? It's like, where did this year go? You know, um, can you remember your first week or, you know, of 2018? Can you remember what you were up to? Not too sure. I can't even remember, you know, so many things have happened. Um, and it's funny, though, because oftentimes it's, it's like now, it's during this time that, that may, a lot of people are prompted uh, to reflect. Uh, we did that in, during communion today. Um, some of, you know, we, re, we, we reflect on things like our achievements, um, our highs and our lows, as we heard, uh, some of our disappointments over the past year. You know, and some people even uh, at times may not be satisfied this year because, you know, nothing significant has really probably happened to them. I hope, I'm not talking to you guys, I'm talking to the people that aren't here, um, but you guys are all good. You know, for some people, during this time as well, Christmas can actually be a sad time, a time of sorrow. Uh, reasons for that is just little things like, uh, you know, there, there's not enough money. Uh, to buy presents for our children, you know, our family, our friends. And that's a lot of pressure, eh, when, when you think about that. Um, sometimes uh, during this period as well, there's, there's um, past families that are members that have passed away. And so sometimes you reflect on that um, and you forget about Christmas because you just remember some, you know, a traumatic sort of moment that may have happened in your life during this season. And so, in saying that, the focus of the sermon series, Hark, um, is so that I pray and I hope through the last two sermons and this one is that we all learn to trust and obey, you know, from these different accounts of people who hearkened the message of God during the very, get this, the very first Christmas. We're talking about the very first Christmas here. Um, and we're, we're looking at the book of Luke, where we're referring to, you know, the, the uh, Christmas story. Now, Luke is he's pretty unique because Luke, his book directs people, the readers and the people, to signs, to signs and wonders. And so you'll see that in a lot of the book of, of Luke. And also, he really emphasizes um, Christ as the Lord of all in the whole book of Luke. And so that's where we're looking at today. You know, week, week one, uh, just a quick recap. Week one, uh, we had Kennedy. Kennedy brought a great word about the life of Zechariah, uh, the prophet and uh, the priest, sorry. And, and one of the key focuses from that week we learned was the challenge for all of us to believe that God quiets down our unbelief. 
So when we're not believing, or, you know, our unbelief, um, God brings that out for us to believe. And week two, there's, so that was, you know, week one was a time of trust in this season. Week two is a time of trust. And the time of trust, this is where Fitzalor, she shared on, on the life of Mary. You know, and what the angel of the Lord appeared and told her, you know, there was this virgin birth, um, bearing a son, uh, we know as Jesus. And we learned how Mary trusted God during that time, and she trusted God's words, and she trusted God's plans. And so we can learn a lot from those things in your journey that you've, we've gone through this year. And everything focused on the birth of the Messiah. Both stories of uh, Zechariah and Mary, they, they just play the specific role in the very first Christmas. And so today, week three, we get to look at um, the shepherds and how they responded after a visitation from the angel as well. Now, I'm assuming and I am hoping that everybody knows the Christmas story. Uh, and so I'm basing it off that. But, you know, here we have the shepherds. And our text today, it, it's taken from uh, Luke chapter 2. It's verses between 8 and 20, I'm, I'm going to read through and then I'm going to break it down for you as we go through. Okay, so you just follow me and if you're taking notes, go ahead and, and you do that as well. And we're going to start at, at verse 8. Now verse 8, this is what it reads. And in the same region of Bethlehem, there were shepherds. Now in the same region, this remember this is where Jesus and, and Mary and, and Joseph were this, you know, at the time. And so in the same region in Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. Now in the Old Testament day, before all of this was happening, um, in the early history, shepherds were actually um, in high esteem among God's people. They were, you know, recommend, they were really regarded as, 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 you know, good people and things like that. And, and over time, though, they had become people that were unwanted. Uh, they were left out and they were pushed to the side. And we need to understand here about these shepherds. Shepherds were despised and they were neglected by the religious people of their day in society that they belonged to. And there were these Religious ceremonies these shepherds were unable to keep, all because looking after sheep and goats made these shepherds unclean. Now, one of the religious laws was if you touched any unclean animals or, or any dead animals, uh, that, that was sin. You had to be cleansed. Well, you can, imagine, you can imagine how these shepherds were constantly having, you know, they had to protect their, their sheep from any wild animals trying to prey on the flock. It was a shepherd's job to kill anything that they tried to, they tried to harm the sheep. After killing such animals, they, they would have to clean up the mess, touching dead things, and move any dead sheep or any wild animals that were dead from the attack. So this made them unclean, and that was considered as sin in these ritual laws. Now, the shepherds, they always had the opportunity to repent, right? And to come clean, like anyone else. All they had to do was to just bring a lamb or a goat as a sin offering to the priest to be sacrificed. Now, the problem with that is they, being a shepherd was the lowest of the lowest jobs. And sometimes you, you very rarely got paid. 
And so here they were, they could never afford to buy a lamb or a goat for an offering. And so their jobs made them little or even no money at all. Their jobs seemed, you know, if you think about it, it seems so unfair because these barriers that are stopping them from having this relationship with God, and they, they dealt with these unclean animals and, and had work habits that broke many of the religious laws back then. It was just part of their job. They came from, you know, and through that, they ended up coming from or considered to be part of the lower end of society. They didn't live in the cities. They had to live out in the fields with the sheep. They, they slept on the fields. They, they smelled like the sheep. Um, you know, that they, they killed if they needed to. They were outcasts. And shepherds were, were looked down on by their very own people all because they couldn't commit to the religious duties that their people were doing as well. And you read in this next verse, verses 9 to 10, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I mean, really? <laughs> they were in the presence of an angel, right? And they were surrounded in these verses. They were surrounded by God's glory, which would have been very scary. I think Ken was alluding to angels. They're not these little babies with wings and things, you know, and, and flying around with arrows trying to hit people with those love arrows. They, they weren't angels like that. You know, they must have been really scared, but at the same time, it just must have been so unusual to, to, to see an angel because shepherds weren't used to seeing these kind of things. I don't think any, any kind of people, but shepherds out of all people at that time because you you'd think oh, they should be, the angel should be appearing to a king or someone mighty, but he appeared to them. And I can imagine if, if I was one of those shepherds, right, you probably would too, and you, you were faced uh, with an angel. And probably the first thing, I mean, I know I would be, I'd probably be thinking, oh man, did I sin today? What, what am I thinking? What, what was my thought patterns? Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God right now. Man, I'm a sinner. Oh man, I'm going to die. <laughs> You know, the shepherds were so conscious of themselves in their own sinfulness and their own weaknesses at this vulnerable time. Yet the angel tells them, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Fear not. I'm, I'm not. You know, in other words, I'm not here to kill you. Actually, I'm not even here to judge you. I'm actually here to give you an assignment. And that very assignment was for the shepherds to go and spread the news of Jesus. You know, the angel appears to these outcasts, these shepherds, and he encourages them to spread the news that a Savior is coming. And we read in verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, something here I, wanna, I want to allude to this image behind me. You know, in the, in the New Testament, this title Savior was not given to just any person. 
During the Roman period, uh, the title Savior was only given to those who conquered and created peace and order in the land. And one well-known person that was known as a savior at that time was Augustus Caesar. And Augustus Caesar, he was actually the ruler of, the, of Rome during that time of Christ's birth. Let me make it clear here. Jesus, Jesus was not known as the first savior. That title savior was already used before Jesus was even born. And that title Savior was used for Roman emperors who conquered lands, as I said. And at that time, Augustus Caesar was that Savior for the land. Yet the angel of the Lord appears to these outcasts, these shepherds, and these men that, that society looked down on. And the angel of the Lord tells them to spread the news. Spread the news that there is a new Savior in town. Now, can you imagine what the shepherds are thinking? <laughs> They're probably thinking, look, talking to each other, man, first of all, man, we're outcasts. Ain't no one going to listen to what we have to say. They don't even like us. I mean, look at us. We're, we're unclean. We're sinners. We're at, we're at the bottom of the barrel here. And second of all, if we go into town telling everyone about this new savior. First, we're not even allowed in the town, but if we go and do that, we're sure good as dead for spreading this kind of news because what we are saying now is Augustus Caesar is not the savior anymore. And at that time, it was a no-no. I mean, we're already trying to muster up the courage of being in God's presence and you're telling us, you know, man, this angel's telling us to go and find the Savior lying in the manger? And this is, what, this is what happens. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. You know, here we have this grand announcement of a Savior from an angel and his whole choir backing him up, you know, of heavenly hosts appearing before these outcasts. And these guys, they aren't, remember, these shepherds, these outcasts, they aren't kings. They're not kings or they're not rulers. They're not the fancy religious scribes or, or Pharisees. They're not educated or, or anyone, they're not anyone famous or they, they don't even have any influence for that matter. They are totally the opposite. These men live near the lowest rung of society. There were no one to herd sheep. Yet God moves by giving a savior for all people and he does it, you know, not by the world's terms. He does it by, he chooses, it's like he chooses the foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And we read further on after this, you know, this extraordinary visitation from the angel and the, and the whole, this whole angelic choir that's backing him up. The shepherds, they decide to what? They decide to obey. And they leave their sheep to visit the so-called Savior. Once again, a no-no to leave your sheep alone. <laughs> this is what happens. And when the angels had left, 
and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned off, uh, they hurried off, sorry, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Isn't it funny that these shepherds, right, that couldn't afford to buy their own sheep to sacrifice to repent of their sins, yet their very job was to look after flocks of sheep and things like goats and that, so that other people would use those very animals they were looking after for their own sacrifices to God. But isn't it cool to learn that the first people that are rewarded in seeing the promised Lamb of God were these shepherds? You know, verse 17, it says, And after the shepherds had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These outcasts, they made it known to others who this child was. They didn't let their status in life stop them from making their declaration anymore. They weren't afraid. They weren't ashamed. This is the savior of the world. Not Augustus, not Caesar. Jesus. And the shepherds were not content in just hearing about this great news about this child. They wanted to, uh, they wanted to see him. They, did, they didn't hesitate to leave their flocks. And many of us here, we've experienced probably God's presence, right? And I pray you are experiencing it this morning as you come to church. And the whole purpose coming together is, is to experience God's presence. You know, on a Sunday morning, either in the fellowship of friends coming together before the service or after the service, you know, in the cafeteria. You know, maybe it's during praise and worship this morning. Because not every experience of God's presence happens during singing. Let me tell you that. You, you may walk in and you didn't feel it. Oh, I didn't feel it, man. Okay, God's not here. <laughs> Maybe it's during, it might have been while we had communion. And yet you felt God speaking to you then. Or even maybe while I'm speaking to you right now, you sense the Holy Spirit comforting your heart. What I'm trying to point out here for all of us, when you experience the presence of God, hear me here, hear how I say this, the last thing we must not do is not share it with others. The shepherds, the most least of people in the society, once they had a touch from God, Man, they were never the same again. And they couldn't hold back from spreading the news. Not only did they see the baby Jesus for themselves, but they experienced Jesus, and then they understood who he really was, Savior and Lord. And that realization led them to worship God. But don't forget, they went back to their job. 
after experiencing such an amazing time in his presence, going back to what they did again, treated the way they were, neglected, called outcasts, just people at the bottom of the barrel. They were never the same again, though. I want to add here, are you content in just hearing about Jesus and how he can be real in your life this Christmas? I mean, how can you make, you and I, how can we make Jesus the center of celebration this Christmas? I know a lot of us are going through some hard things. But how do you push that aside to make him center this time? The true essence of Christmas, right, is to seek Jesus and spread the good news that will lead you and I to worship him. But not only should we be doing that during Christmas, because probably, I don't know if we, we all do, I think we all look for, I, I mean, I'm guilty, I'm, I look forward to the holiday. But are we prepared, even during this season, as we finish this year strong, finish it strong. But as we finish it strong, are you prepared to spread the truth of Jesus to your loved ones, to your, your office mates, to your classmates, to your neighbors, to your friends? Where are you at in sharing Christ during this time? And I just pray that as you just go through this time, as we finish this year, and some of us may have gone through a thinking, you know, just the busyness of life. I want to encourage you, man, get some time in God's presence. Yes, I've got to be careful when I say to experience God. Because you may, like I said before, you may try to come in on a Sunday morning and expect the worship team to give you that experience. Or you may find your experience in God um, around a community of brothers or sisters every week and you're sharing and you're talking. There's nothing wrong in those things. But none of that stuff is there when you're going through your own problems. And that's where it matters most. The fellowship is important because it should make you walk out of this church or out of the cafeteria when someone's probably prayed for you or hung out with you or in your small groups that you hang out with. The whole point of that fellowship is so that you leave there challenged. And I want us to be challenged during this season. And there's two sides to it. Yes, sharing the gospel, definitely. But stand strong during this season. I think... I don't know, man. So many people fall away from God, uh, from God during this season because where did they base their foundation on? Let's pray for each other. I don't want any of us to be like that. And if you do go through it, then get around some fellowship. Fight the pride and get around it. You know, sometimes I, I get nervous, eh? Hey, we closed for three Sundays. What will happen? <laughs> Will I come back and it's just me and my kids? Praise the Lord! <laughs> you know? Hey, hey, you haven't been tithing, man. Joey, hurry up, put, you know. But I can't. I just got to praise God during my season. Trust Him, obey Him.
love him. And hopefully through that, I get the opportunity to share it with others. Will you do that as well? And as you take that practice on, imagine just doing that every month from here on in. Not just expecting the experience, but knowing God is always here in the good times and the rough times. Even if you're looked down on and people neglect you. I know what that feels like. I know you do as well. So I want to encourage you as you leave here today, enjoy your break. Thank you so much, church. You know, we're just going to finish off here and I'm just going to pray for us. What have you heard about God this year in your life? What have you seen him do in your life this year? What are we seeking? What are you seeking this Christmas? What kind of gift? What message are you spreading this Christmas? Is it a message of hope, a message of peace to some of these people that need it? Where does the seeking and the spreading the good news lead you? Is it going to lead you to worry or will it lead you to worship? And I want to encourage you all. Let's go out and let's go for God. Let's finish this year strong. Enjoy the holiday. Finish it strong in God's presence. Let us pray.